Welcome to the Coastline Podcast. We exist as a church to help connect you to God and the people around you, to help you grow in your faith, and to challenge you to go into your community sharing the love of Christ. Three things, connect, grow, go. If you'd like information on what is going on at Coastline, follow us on Instagram and Facebook or email us at hello at coastlinensb.com. Glad to be able to do church today as we continue on in a series we started just a few weeks ago called Church 101. And uh, as we've started this new semester with our kids, as they go back into school, I thought it's important for us to take a minute and uh, kind of get back to the roots and the foundation of what the church is supposed to be. You know, I think in everything in life, whether it's our vocation, uh, whether it's uh, our relationship with our spouse, sometimes even our own selves when it comes to our health, it's easy to get uh, in the rhythm of life and kind of get off track just a little bit, right? I remember a few months ago, I went and stepped on the scale, and I was the heaviest I'd ever been. I was like, okay, well, I gotta, we got to figure something out. we got to get things back on track, right? Sometimes we'll have some tough things with our spouses. We're getting our things aren't working as well and smoothly as they were before. You got to stop and you got to get back on track. And so we're kind of doing the same thing here when it comes to our understanding of what church is. We're going to talk about foundational things and hopes that when it comes to us as a church, we can stay on track as we head towards this purpose that God has called us to. And so, specifically today, I want to take that step and I want to talk about the importance of community when it comes to to church. And so uh, I'm really excited about that. But uh, before we get started, I'm going to pray for us, and then we're going to jump right in. You guys ready? Let's pray. Heavenly Father, as a good father that you are, I pray that you would use this time to teach us, your sons and daughters, how we should do life, how we should lead this church, how we should be a a part and a member in the team uh, of the church that you've called here in New Smyrna Beach. Uh, God, I, I thank you so much that when it comes to us being followers of Christ, followers of your son, it's not about the sticker that we have on our car, uh, but it's about who we follow in your son. And so I pray that as we are one church in the church, I pray that today you would direct us and guide us and allow us to see the foundational elements that we need to see for what's coming up here this week and the weeks to come. We love you so much. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So this week is a big deal um, for a number of reasons, but one primarily is this is a this is a big day for some people in our our church, specifically uh, people that like football, right? Because today's opening season, isn't it? Opening season today, football. I think there was a game on Thursday. Some people watched, but here we are, opening. We we got any football fans? I know over. Yeah, we know over. Yeah, you guys. Over on the right side, they're a little crazy. But, yeah, we got football fans. Football, I enjoy football. I uh, played football in high school. Uh, I'm going to be real honest. I, I'm never going to live back that day because I was terrible. Like, I was like, they put me in, like, when nobody else wants to go in. It was, it was not a good time. But I enjoyed, I enjoyed the sport. I enjoyed working as a team, right? There's something magical about, about coming together as a team. And if anybody follows football, you understand that when it comes to the team doing well, it's not just about one star player. It's not about just one person or even two or three people. But it's about the entire team coming together and working as one unit, right? Tom Brady was a fantastic football player in his day. But there's some teams you, would, you could put him with and he would just not work out well. Because unless that team comes together and does life with one another and pulls as one, they're not going to get very far. And I think the same thing is true when it comes to us as followers of Christ. 
I think many times we get in the habit of thinking that when it comes to the church, when it comes to how we're supposed to do the life, uh, when, we're, when it comes to our pursuit of Christ and how we live day in, day out, it's, it's nobody's business but our own. We get to the thing where it's like what I'm dealing with is what I'm dealing with and what everybody else is dealing with is what everybody else is dealing with. And I think with that idea of living alone, of doing life alone, of pursuing Christ alone, is one of the biggest misconceptions, the biggest, easiest things to get off track when it comes to being part of a church or the church that anyone could do. Because I, I honestly believe that when it comes to the church, when it comes to you following Christ, this is not something that's meant to be done alone. You don't have to go through the things that you're going through alone. In the book of Acts, we've been using this verse, chapter 2, verse 42 to 47, and we've been looking at this snippet of what the early church looked like. The beginning of the church, right after Jesus sends out his disciples to go and start their ministry as building the church. And this is what it looked like. Acts chapter 2, verse 42 to 47 says, All the believers devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship, and to sharing in meals, including the Lord's Supper, and to prayer. It says, A deep sense of awe came over them all, and the apostles performed many miraculous signs and wonders. And all the believers met together in one place and shared everything they had. They shared it with one another. They sold their property and possessions and shared the money with those that were in need. They worshiped together at the temples each day. They met in homes for the Lord's Supper, and they shared their meals with great joy and generosity, all the while praising God and enjoying the goodwill of all the people. And each day the Lord added to their fellowship those that were being saved. If this is what the church is supposed to look like, doing church on your own or following Christ on your own is nowhere in this. This is specifically talking about how a group of believers will come together and they'll help do life with one another. They'll challenge each other. They'll charge each other. They'll build each other up and prepare each other and sharpen one another as they all pursue Jesus together. And I think that this is an incredibly, incredibly helpful tool, useful tool of getting, not just getting through life, but showing the love of Jesus to one another. We can see this uh, real clearly uh, for, in, in many uh, cases, when it comes to marriage. I'm going to tell you, like, what me and my wife can make happen together is way better than what I can do on my own self. And that's mostly credit to my wife, I'm going to be honest. But there's something about people coming together, connection and community, that, that allows things to work better than they can happen by themselves. Uh, the, in Greek times, back in the Roman Empire, when this all started, when the church started, uh, the word that was used to describe these people, to describe Christians, this group of believers, was the word ekklesia. And if you Google search or you look it up, you'll find out that the, the word ekklesia is actually two Greek words that are put together. The first one is ek, the, uh, which is a, uh, a preposition meaning out of. And the second one was a verb, which was kaleo, which means to call. And so you put them together, it was to call out of. And specifically, the term used was not to describe a structure or a building or even a place as much as it was used to describe a group of people coming together. And that is what the church was when the church started. It, was not about a, it wasn't about uh, NSB High School or this auditorium. It wasn't even about one person standing up and preaching. It was about the group coming together in spite of their faults and their flaws, in spite of the messiness that was going on in their life, in spite of the needs that they had, 
They loved on one another and helped each other out, and they all pursued the way that Jesus told them to pursue. And because of it, some fantastic things happened. Later on, they would, uh, that, that word ecclesia would be used specifically to describe an assembly or a group of people, a body of believers. But this idea of not doing life alone is something we've seen since the very beginning of time, even in, when it comes to creation. As God created the heavens and the earth, and he created Adam, and he created all the animals and everything like that, and he set Adam free to go and, and, and name the animals, and, and uh, as, as he set them out, he saw that Adam by himself was not a great thing. It says this in Acts, or Genesis chapter 2, verse 18. It says, Then the Lord God said, It is not good for the man to be alone. I will make him a helper that is just right for him. Now, most people, when they read this, they think this has a lot more to do with marriage. But what I see here specifically is community. Because God sees Adam, and, and as God is having a relationship with him, as God is walking with him through the garden in the cool of the day, he also sees that Adam needs to have a connection. He needs to have community amongst himself. He can't go through life alone. And so he brings him Eve. I think this connection is something that we sleep on quite a bit. But when Eric and I started Coastline Church, as we were thinking through, like, what are the foundational items? What are the things that we, that we believe that should be a part of every service? We came to these three things. And the very first one, I think one of the, is one of the most important is the word connect. I think we got a graphic somewhere that's popping up. But the three words are connect, grow, and go. And as you have these three elements, the first one is, is communicating clearly that, that when it comes to church, one of the first things that we should do is make sure that this is a place where we connect with God. But the second thing I believe that we should do is it's important for us to connect with one another. That's the reason why we, we have people uh, hang out in the, in the lobby till like the second or third song of worship is because they love connecting with one another. There's going to be people in the breezeway after church that are going to be talking uh, while all this whole place is getting torn down and where we're putting stuff away. That's why we take a time in the middle of our service to connect with one another because connection and community is important. But it comes out of the book of uh, Matthew chapter 22 in which a Pharisee, Someone that was a defender of the Old Testament faith, he came to Jesus and tried to trip Jesus up. He said, Jesus, what's the most important commandment? He asked him this because he was hoping that, that Jesus would give an answer that he could argue with. He was hoping to disprove Jesus. But Jesus responds with this. Verse 36 says, Teacher, what is the most important commandment in the law of Moses? And Jesus replied, You must love the Lord your God with all of your heart, with all of your soul, and with all of your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. A second is equally important. Love your neighbor as you love yourself. The entire law of all, uh, and all the demands of the prophets are based on these two commands. You can boil it down to two things. Love God and love people. Now, the first one, as Christians, we're like, okay, I can understand that. We're going to love God with all. We're going to sacrifice. We're going to give to him. We're going to serve him creator of heaven and earth. I, I get it. But here Jesus, his son, says it's not just about loving God. As equal to that, on the same level, the same playing field, the same thing, he says you've got to love God, but also you're supposed to love one another. And here's the thing that I know. If you love something, you're connected to it, right? How many of you guys here love football? Let's be honest. 
We, we had a handful. How many of you guys got jerseys sitting at home, right? You're connected to How many of you guys are going to go to a football game this year? Probably, probably a handful of you, right? Uh, you're going to spend some hours in front of the television watching. Anybody going to yell at the TV while they're watching? A couple people are, yeah. Hopefully it's enjoy. I hope your team always wins. Probably not going to be the case. Um, but but you're, in, you're ingrained. You love something. You're connected to it. There's a part that you feel that's connected. You're going to spend time with it. I make this joke a lot, but I, I love the taco shack. I love it. I'm connected to it. I'm going to go to the taco shack quite a bit. It's delicious. It's the only place in town where I can feed my family for like six bucks. I don't know how they do it. There's like some Jesus miracle on it for sure. The things that we love, we're connected to. And here Jesus says that we're supposed to love God. We're supposed to be connected to him and how we do life. He says also to be connected to one another, to not just get to the point where, where we think it's all about just going through it alone. John chapter 13, verse 35, or verse 34 to 35, this is as Jesus is about ready to be put to the cross, he tells his disciples, he says, so now I'm giving you a new commandment. Love each other. Just as I have loved you, you should love each other. Your love for one another will prove to the world that you are my disciples. He doesn't say the way that you study. He doesn't say the thing that you know. He doesn't say the, the, the thing that you put on a, a postcard or, or a, on a, a poster and stand on the street corner that people will know you're my disciples by that. He says by the way that you love one another, the way that you're connected in community with each other. In Romans, it talks about this coming together of the church, us individually, with all of our different skills and attributes and weaknesses. Uh, and it says that the church should look something like this. I'm going to read this from the message version, which if you want to, you can read it later. Also, all these scriptures I'm using are, are on uh, the Bible app. If you download the Bible app and look, go for live events, you can find it all there. But Romans chapter 12, verse 4 through 6 says, In this way, we are like various parts of the human body. Each part gets its meaning from the body as a whole, not the other way around. The body we're talking about is is Christ's body of chosen people. That's us as believers. Each of us find our meaning and function as part of the body. But as a chopped off finger or a cut off toe, we we would not amount to much, would we? So since we find ourselves fashioned in all these excellently, uh, excellently formed and miraculously functioning parts in Christ's body, let's just go ahead and be what we were made to be without enviously or pridefully comparing ourselves with each other or trying to be something we aren't. I feel like this verse hits so hard on the number one thing that causes community to not connect the way it should. Because many times we get into the habit, we get into this thing of, of we live in a dog-eat-dog world where we got to look out for number one, we got to look out for ourselves. And we got so many people that are like in competition with one another. Of like, man, I want to be better than this person. I want to do this. I want to do that. And as everyone's looking out for each other, it's hard to create this connection in community unless we can get past that and love one another. If you don't think this world is a dog-eat-dog world, uh, I challenge you to go visit today after church 
in the evening times between 5 and 6 o'clock, go down to New Smyrna Beach boat ramp and just watch. Don't say anything. Just people. Oh, it'll be fantastic. You'll love it. There's a lot to talk about on the car ride home, I'll tell you. Especially if you take your little kids, that's a whole different thing. But imagine if people just loved each other and helped each other out in those times. Man, it would make all, it would make all the difference. But everyone's worried about themselves, and they want to look good to the other people around them. But the truth is, if, is God's put us in connection with these people to help them, for them to help you. A couple uh, weeks ago, I had an issue with uh, my motor, and I'm, I'm not a mechanic. I, I, tried to, uh, I tried to work on Erica's car one time when we were dating. She had this beautiful Volkswagen Jetta that her grandpa had paid off. It was nicer than any car I'd ever had before. And I changed a fuse and caught it on fire. About burned it to the ground. Like, this is no joke, like fire trucks coming, definitely. I thought she was going to break up with me for sure. There's, the fact that we're together today is a miracle from God, I'm going to tell you right now. I'm not good with that stuff. But I called up a buddy, Daniel Gibson. I said, hey, man, I don't, I don't know what I'm doing with this. Can you help me? Came over. It, it was done within 30, 40 minutes. Took care of it. Because he's got, he's got not, nobody go call Daniel Gibson and ask him to work on your car or boat or nothing like that. Okay, that's not what that was. But it was one of those things where it's, he's got a strength that I don't have. The fact that we can come together and work together, I mean, I think, I think that's important. Don't get caught up trying to be like the people around you so much that the people, people around you miss out on who you're supposed to be. Because God's created you with a purpose. I think when it comes to us being the body of Christ, we've got to remember we all have a part to play. And none of them, none of us are better than the other. We all have weaknesses. We all have struggles. What about if we were to work together and help each other out in our struggles? Life would be a completely different, different way. Uh, Jesus talks about the importance of, 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 of being connected in community. Uh, I believe specifically in a parable that he talks about a, a lost sheep. Um, I've never been a shepherd before. I know that's a big surprise. Uh, I, I don't think I would be a good shepherd but the Bible talks about uh, sheep a lot. Sometimes I feel like in my family, if I were a shepherd, it would be a shepherd of cats. And I don't feel like I'm, that's, that's a struggle for sure. Um, but he specifically talks about this. And, and I started to do some research a little bit on how sheep are. And I found this video. I think it communicates very well. Uh, specifically, I even found myself in this video. I feel like if, if I were a sheep and Jesus is a shepherd, this is pretty much how it looks for Jesus trying to help me out in life. Go ahead and watch this clip real quick. I can give you a verbal word picture, and I'll try. It's not there? It's all right if it's not there. Okay. So imagine this. Shepherd finds a sheep in a ditch stuck, right? And the shepherd lassoes the sheep. He pulls him out. And he's struggling hard to do it, but gets him out of the ditch. And the, shepherd, the sheep literally runs and goes right back in the ditch. That's pretty much, I feel like, my life. And Jesus is trying to shepherd me. When it comes to, to, when it comes to sheep, sometimes sheep, they, they, they don't get it. It's a, tough, it's a tough life. But the shepherd 
values the sheep. And the shepherd knows that if the sheep is together with other sheep, they're safe. They can thrive. The shepherd knows that sheep by itself can be in danger. So it says this in Luke chapter 15, verse 1 to 7. Uh, it says that the tax collectors and other notorious sinners often came to listen to Jesus. And this made the Pharisees and teachers of religious law uh, complain that he was associating with, with such sinful people. And he wasn't even eating with him, it says. Verse 3 says, so Jesus told this story. He said, if a man has a hundred sheep and one of them gets lost, what will he do? Won't he leave the 99 others in the wilderness and go search for the one that is lost until he finds it? And when he found it, he will joyfully carry it home on his shoulders. When he arrives, he will uh, call together his friends and his neighbors, saying, Rejoice with me, for I've found the lost sheep. In the same way, there's more joy in heaven over one lost sinner who repents and returns to God than over 99 others who are righteous and have, stayed, have strayed away. Specifically, though, the shepherd knows that the sheep together, they can protect one another. He's not worried about them. He's worried about the one that's off on his own. I don't think, I don't think you're supposed to be off on your own. I think there's things that, you know, we, we allow ourselves to, to pull ourselves away and disconnect us from other believers and even from a relationship with Christ, things like sin and shame, frustration, hurt, and pain. I'm telling you, when we live in these areas, though, we pull ourselves out of what is God's best for us. We're designed to live in community and connection with one another. I think when, specifically when it comes to this community and connection, when living life with one another and doing life, I, I think it's more than just hanging out and having good, good fun and, relation, and uh, fellowship with one another. I think that's a good part of it. But I think there's also a part where we're supposed to challenge each other. We're supposed to help each other grow as we go through this adventure together. Proverbs chapter 27, verse 17 says this. It says, as iron sharpens iron, so a friend sharpens a friend. Nowadays, there's not many people that uh, know how to sharpen knives. We take our knives somewhere, or, or we send them away, and they come back sharp. But some people today know that, that you, can sharpen, you can sharpen a knife yourself, but it takes some time, it takes some pressure, it takes some, some abrasion. Sometimes there's things that are going to be pulled away. There's some things that are going to be worked through. I think for us to do it in such a loving way with one another that we can help each other grow, I think, is, is helpful. It's not just about us feeling good about each other. I'm thankful for the friends I have in my life that come to me and say, Brian, I, I want, how's, how's this going on in your life? I'm thankful for, for the friends I have that, that come to me and say, Brian, how's, how's everything looking with you and Erica? How's, how's life going? Like, honestly, tell us, what can, we do, what can we do to help? What can we be praying for you about? I'm thankful for, I, I've got a, a coach that's helping me with some health stuff, trying to uh, help me lose a, bit, a little bit of weight. But I'm, I'm thankful every time they call me up and they say, hey, where, where are you at with it? How you been doing? And sometimes I got to tell them, I was like, well, I went to JB's and had fried shrimp. That wasn't on the diet. 
It's like, okay, but they're there to encourage me. Okay, well, let's, let's get back on it tomorrow. You can do better. You got this. I'm helping you. I'm cheering you on through it. What about if we did that in life with the people around us? What about if we celebrated when people stepped through tough situations and we loved them enough to, to help them out and say something to them in love if we see them going down a dangerous road? I think that's what the church should be, should be all about. In 1 John chapter 4, verse 9 through 11, it says this. It says, God showed me much, or showed us, sorry, God showed how much he loved us by sending his one and only son into the world so that we might have eternal life through him. This is real love. Not that we loved God, but that he loved us and sent his son as a sacrifice to take away our sins. Verse 11 says this now. It says, Dear brothers and sisters, since God loved us that much, we surely ought to love one another. This week I want to challenge you to think about how you do life with one another. To extend love and grace and mercy to each other. To challenge each other to get better and to grow. To not sit on the fence and put your walls up so much uh, I, I understand it can, be, it can be a vulnerable place doing life with people around you, but for letting people in and, and telling them what you're dealing with and what you're struggling with. But if we do this, if we, if we act like the church, man, there's so many great things that will happen. There's growth that will happen because of it. In us eternally, we become better. So I want to challenge you with this today. Um, this week, uh, you are hearing announcements, we're starting... Uh, our small groups. Uh, we're going to do this through the semester until uh, they break for Christmas. We've got small groups that are meeting uh, to do Bible studies and coffee shops. We've got small groups that are meeting uh, to do uh, Bible studies in homes. We've got some of them that are playing golf and they're just praying for each other afterwards. But I want to challenge you to take a step and do life with someone, to do life with a group to get connected, to do life in community, to not just go through Christianity by yourself. You're not meant to do it. You're not meant to do it by yourself. You're meant to do life with one another. And so if you have not uh, taken a look at it yet, in the Church Center app, there's a tab that says groups. I want you to check it out, see what groups are available. Uh, if you're on the fence with all this and just want to try one out and you're a guy, I'll be at men's night tomorrow. At 6 o'clock, would love to hang out with you. If you have any questions about church, about faith, if, if you need some iron to sharpen iron, I'd be, happy to, I'd be happy to help you out if I can. But do life with one another. Don't do it alone. Last thing I want to leave you with is this. This will allow you to maybe help challenge each other and charge each other uh, in your homes. Or if you already have a group of friends, maybe you're just missing a part of trying to uh, challenge each other spirit, spiritually or having uh, things to talk about spiritually. Uh, I want to offer a gift to you guys. We've done this in the past, but um, uh, we have subscribed to a service uh, called Right Now Media. It's not going to cost you anything. It's already paid for and taken care of. All you've got to do is sign up for it. I think we've got a graphic that's going to come up and talk about it here in a second. But Right Now Media is, a, uh, is pretty much Netflix uh, for very high-end, uh, highly produced uh, Bible studies. Also, they've got some that go along with books. There's some great resources for kids. 
far better than, than, than what I can even do. Man, I remember the days of, of reading the Bible to kids and having a felt board. That's before all your guys' time. That's showing my age. But they got some great videos uh, that you can show your kids even. This is a free resource to you. We're going to post this on Facebook here later on today, and you can sign up for it. Uh, but maybe, maybe it's something that you and your family go through once a week. Maybe it's you and your extended family get together, and once every other week you say, hey, we're going to watch this, and we're going to talk about it for 15, 20 minutes afterwards. Being a part of a, a small group is not this thing where it's, there's, there's a, a lot of effort that you've got to put into it. If you can hit play on a remote, and if you can bake a batch of brownies, they don't even have to be good brownies. They can be okay brownies, all these brownies. They don't have to be the Hershey's brownies or the Geraldi. I don't even know what those brownies are called. Those are my favorite, though. If you can make brownies hit play on something, you can do life with people around you. So I'm going to challenge you to take a step and do that. So with every head about every eye closed, no one looking around. If you're here today, you say, Brian, I, I don't even know if I have a relationship with Jesus. I don't know if... Uh, there, there, there's stuff in my life. There's some things maybe that, that have separated me from him. If you're here today and you want to take a step in a relationship with him, I want to give you the opportunity to do so. And if that's you, I want you to pray this prayer with me. You can pray it to yourself if you want to. You can pray it out loud. But really where it comes from is if it comes from the heart and it's directed towards him, I think it matters. So if you want to take a step in a relationship with him, Repeat this after me. Jesus Christ, I know that I'm a sinner and I need you as a savior. I believe that you died on the cross, that you rose again from the grave. You did so to pay the price for sin and shame for me. Jesus, right now I declare that you are my Lord and savior. Come into my life, take over. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Let me pray for your church before we leave here this morning. Heavenly Father, God, I pray that uh, you would put your protection around us. God, I know that, that spiritually there's things in the world that want to try to get us off track and pull us away from the direction that you've called us to. You've got things that want to distract, or there's things that want to distract us. God, I pray that, that you would bring in the opportunities and the times for us to be focused on you. That you would put people in our lives that we can connect with that will help challenge us and charge us. People that we can walk through our faith together with. People that when we're going through a tough time will sit next to us and cry with us or when we're going through a good time will sit next to us and celebrate with us. God, I pray that we would put away the fears of being hurt, of being used, that we would put our faith and our trust in you. And as we pursue you, as we love you, as we love those next to us, that you would do great things in us. I believe that as we do this, the best is still yet to come. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. As always, Coastline, know that you are loved and that the best is yet to come.